Shelby and Matt. Yes. Back, 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 back again. <laughs> yes. You had an adventurous um, whirlwind week away at Fire Island, meaning the love of your life. Is that correct? Oh, no. At least I, <laughs> I mean, I did meet this guy and he was very cute. And we did have like we chatted for forever. And I was like, wow, this is really going places. And then it really got sidelined very quickly oh. by like. <laughs> The people who are in his house and um, another guy who I'm friends with in my house. And I was like, this is just it. Somehow or another, I ended up with a shirt that was completely covered in carbonara sauce. And I was like, I have to leave. Like, this is like, this is <laughs> that not sounds right. like Fire Island, the sequel. I mean, yeah, except happening? for we didn't. I feel like if Fire Island gets a sequel, it will have to be like Emma or Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. yeah. That's and those weird. have happy endings, yeah, which mine well, did not. Maybe yours will take place over a couple of Fire Island weekends. Yeah, that's true. You know, well, I feel like I am sort of Emma, so yeah. <laughs> that means I ha- I need to get my cousin out onto Fire Island with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A much older cousin by marriage who's hot. Who's very hot. Yeah, that's the goal. Well, I hope I wish you well in that endeavor. Thank you. Um. I'm trying to think of what you've missed uh, since you've been gone. Really nothing, no relationships, nothing sticky, nothing uh, frustrating to me personally comes to mind. So, um. Oh, yeah. No, I was looking for ideas for stories and I was like, what? Like, what even is there? I really, I had to go back like all the way, you know, in the timeline to maybe like the year 1975 before I could even <laughs> find anything that was news related that we hadn't covered. Oh, yeah, 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 the 1975, I forgot. You know, what's going on with them? I mean, I love the 1975, famously. I think that I love their music. I've seen them multiple times in concert. Um... However, I will yeah. say that I knew next to nothing about any of them or their personal lives until mm-hmm. the past several weeks when yeah. the rumors came out that yeah. Taylor Swift may or may not be dating the 1975's frontman, Maddie Healy. Maddie. And I don't think we've... Did we talk about this on the podcast at all? We did. But it was before they were... It was when they were first seen, when he went to her first concert weekend okay so since then it's been a whole thing Matthew wait what did we have the emergency episode for maybe that actually was that it was something to do with Taylor (laughs) yeah no it was definitely that or maybe the breakup but oh yeah I think it was just the breakup in general I think it was just the breakup I don't think whirlwind month okay (laughs) so I I guess the the I don't know if you've how, like how m- on top of Maddie Healy you were prior to all of this. Oh yeah, no, I've never liked him. Or I how... wasn't. I so I became aware of him during 2014 because that was when there were rumors of him and Taylor dating previously. Um, 
which I never took seriously because it was one instance where they wore each other's merch and she went to his concert and then everyone said they were dating. And then he came out like the literally next day and was like, it would be so emasculating to date her. <laughs> and so he was immediately on my on my freaking <laughs> watch list, my hate list. And um, so I've never liked him. I've seen stories of him like being edgy at his shows, like making out with fans or touching himself or eating raw meat or whatever. So I've only ever gotten the ick from him. But no, this last week and a half has really um, revealed some unsavory details about his personality. (laughs) Yeah, because like he does sort of have like old school rock star energy. He's trying. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And has, yeah. So has been doing like weird things for a while, which I've known about. Um, And like, that's not really my energy, but I like their music. So it really hasn't like phased me too much. Yeah. That he's like eating raw meat or, you know, whatever other. And I think we talked about the one time where he started to say, not to be racist, and then his band <laughs> played him off. Yes, yes, we did talk about so that. I remember that. Um, Never a good but, sign. But then, turns out, yeah. people, like, I don't know if people, like, were, like, a lot of, I feel like, sort of cancelable offenses that I don't know if people, like, had tried to cancel him with before and right. it just hadn't taken or people, like, really hadn't been paying that close attention. Because, I mean, he is, like, famous, but, like, on a very low-key kind of level i think um and he but he you know um like i don't even know where to begin with this like he did a nazi salute on stage that was like is this a joke is this not a joke he was talking about watching like really um violent racially charged pornography on a podcast um yeah, I think the most damning stuff is that podcast he did in like January or February of this year. So really recent. And it's one of those like podcasts that prove that men, present company excluded, should never be given a mic. Thank um, you. Because they just think they're the funniest people and they're like, oh, it's just comedy. It, we're just like, we're just pushing buttons. It's not real. But it's like they were being racist. They were making fun of people's accents, making fun of how people looked and then yeah he shared this story about how he watched a specific type of porn because he likes seeing he's he used the word oh yeah she was being absolutely brutalized and like that's what he was getting off to and yeah it's unfortunate uh yeah but anyways while all (laughs) of this information is getting pulled up about him he is seeing over and over and over again with Taylor Swift at Taylor Swift's concerts, um, Mm -hmm. sort of like spiraling around. People are asking for confirmation. So far, like nothing, um, like no one has made any actual statements, but it's like fairly well confirmed now at this point through like quote unquote sources and then just people seeing them everywhere that they are in fact dating And, and working on music together as well supposedly. Yeah, that's more, that's less confirmed, honestly, than the dating and and how I wish it wasn't so. But they, yeah, it seems pretty much set. And it's like, I don't, I'm not happy about it. (laughs) I've had my relationship issues with Taylor Swift over the last 
year or two where I'm just like, you know what? She's my problematic fave. I have to accept that she's a capitalist queen and she's not really in it for anything but herself. And, you know, most celebrities, most celebrities are starting at a baseline of generally bad. Um, but yeah, this really ruffled my feathers. I've been in denial <laughs> and, um, Every picture, every uh, non-statement rejecting it makes me more and more sure that it's a real thing. And most frustrating isn't like when you pay attention to Taylor Swift or any celebrity really enough, you notice the little PR stunts. And right as this like anti-Maddie Healy news was reaching its climax, like right as the BuzzFeed articles were coming out, everything was happening. Suddenly, Taylor Lautner was like talking a lot about Speak Now, Taylor's version coming out and making TikToks like saying like praying for John. And it just reeks of like damage control because there's been a rumor that Taylor Lautner is in a music video that's coming out with Taylor Swift soon. Um, He was seen on the set of a yet to be announced music video with her. And so it seems he's back in the good graces and conveniently timed it to kind of bury some of these worst stories about Maddie. And then on top of that, um, Taylor Swift could nip this in the bud if it was anything bad. But instead, this last weekend at her first tour, she like stopped in the middle of a, you know, one of her speeches and was like, oh, guys, I'm just like, I'm so happy in every phase of my life. I'm so happy in all things in my life right now, like everything on and off stage. I've never been this happy. (laughs) And it's like, girlfriend, like read the room. Like no one, you could just stay silent and let some of us cling to some desperate hope of denial. And instead it's like, it seems like pretty sure she's just digging her heels in and well, attaching herself to this man. And it's sort of crazy in like a number of different ways because on one hand, she just broke up with someone who she was supposedly in love with and had been dating for like six years. Um, So I think just in general, like relationship rules, um, like obviously people do rebounds all the time, but it's like everybody kind of knows, okay, like it's kind of BS. And I think especially for someone like Taylor who has tried in the past several of years to I don't know kind of paint herself as like more mature and having like you know uh, sort of being a little bit above the criticism and above yeah um you know like these past relationships she's had and pettiness and whatnot to now be in this like very blatantly sort of like revenge romance (laughs) kind of thing feels a little bit shady and pointed and then you have the like feminist angle where she you know like when she wants to totes out these like dollar store feminism uh kind of sayings but then doesn't necessarily live up to it i think and and the fact that she's dating him has caused Mm -hmm. a lot of people to quabble quibble about that Uh, yeah it's just like it's not then there's also like the racial element that's always been following taylor swift around that now is also tied in with maddie healy and the statements that he's made then you also have just lurking in the background the fact that taylor swift capitalized on all of the lgbt people for one of her uh music videos and obviously has a lot of them as fans but like still hasn't really said anything or stood up in any way regarding the myriad 
bills and legislation mm. and, you know, attacks and homophobia that's going around the country. Yeah. And then, of course, you still have her flying around in the private jet. So <laughs> there's just like a lot happening. And yeah. but somehow or another, she still is a, like Teflon to this. Like I I have spent my entire life now waiting for her comeuppance. I thought that it had happened <laughs> in, you know, whenever with Snake Day. She somehow managed to rebound from that. And now I'm like, okay, everybody, like, like, can we not see or at least like get to the point <laughs> she's where still not the, the she's no, not she's, she's not the worst, but I'm like, she's like, we should be having some sort yeah, of yeah. like slight hesitation around this. Like she should not be the like most beloved pop star in the world. You know, like, yeah. I think we have better options to choose from. I feel you. Like Charlie um, XCX is just hanging around. Like, you know? <laughs> She's right there. Um, you have to give me a second. Penny just stripped off all of her clothes. So just a second. <laughs> uh, I'll just, you know, sort of do a monologue here while we wait for Shelby to get back. Actually, now this is probably a good point to talk about succession, which I was going to save until the end of the episode to talk about it and love it or hate it. But we only have one episode left, you guys, which is very exciting and i feel like it's my duty to sort of stake a claim as to who i think is going to inherit waystar royco before the show ends because you know now's the moment and i've got what six days six days until we know um i think it's going to be none of the kids I don't know how it's going to go down, but clearly this last episode is going to be like a big boardroom battle reminiscent of that episode in the first season where Kendall has to walk through the tunnel. And I think that somehow or another, it's just going to go south for all of them. And I don't know if Alexander Skarsgård is going to get the company without any of them or if the board is just going to push all of them out. Hello? I was in the middle of a monologue, Shelby. I told you. Just filling the space. Filling space. I was talking about succession. (laughs) I was talking about who I think is going to (laughs) win. I was just going to edit out the dead space. No, not anymore. A fun little Easter egg for anyone who cares. Um, (laughs) Well, (laughs) a lot of people care, Shelby. It's like the most popular show ever. Just because you don't watch it. There's only one episode left. Who do you oh, think I is going to win? That. I did hear that. Um, I don't think there's winning. I, that's what I. That's what I don't get about that show. There's no winning. They're just bad people who all suck. And no matter who, like, becomes right, but, CEO or whatever. Yeah, who? There's one episode left, though. Who do you think at the end of the show is going to have, you know, gone through the line of succession, I guess, and be in charge of Waystar? Do you think it's one of the kids? Do you think it's nobody? Who do you think it's going to be? I guess. I assume it'll just be. Kendall, you know, a sort of Hamlet style. Uh... I think no. <laughs> I think it's none of them. No. No, I think none of them. Oh, I think well, they all are stupid likely. and they all get beat out by either Alexander Skarsgård or just like the board in general. And it's like Jerry at the end is, is <laughs> or Carl or Frank. <laughs> Honestly, if it was Carl, that would be like a one. I feel like that would be such a funny ending. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Probably. Back to Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say, I think it's um, 
it is like to your point like everyone should have been mad at maddie before he started dating the biggest star because now it's weird that he's been friends you know he's been collaborators and friends with phoebe bridgers and her boy genius group he's been friends with jack antonoff he's been friends with taylor so it's it's a frustrating symptom of our society that it's like ooh, look at who taylor's siding with even though no one no one cared before. So do I agree that she shouldn't be with him? Yes, I do. I think it's disgusting and, and frankly alarming. And um, it also is weird as a couple, like just like separate of anything else. It's a very strange couple. And it's really weird that he would want to be with her. Like, yeah, I can uh, like in a personality sort of way, like I can see why she would want to be with him because, you know, it's kind of like the bad boy energy and, you know, he's like a rock star and she's dated a lot of different kinds of people. And yeah. he feels like, you know, adjacent to the Kelvin Harris slash um, John Mayers of the world, you know, kind of the like, I think he's further down yeah. that path, but like similar. So you can kind of it kind of makes sense why she'd be dating him. But like, aside from the fact that she is like wealthy and like he, she just doesn't, she seems so like straight laced for him to be dating. Like he seems like such a mess and like, uh, I know know, like he's on all these drugs and whatever. And then it's like, he's going to choose to date her who is known for like, most recently for sort of like walking in the woods and playing with her cats. (laughs) Well, that's what's weird. It's like, what do they talk about? And if, if one of them's like, one of them's, one of them's weirder than they let on is the sentiment or more normal, depending how you cut it. I mean, I think Taylor Swift is definitely weirder. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, how much has been a facade and like how, I don't know. I, it's just weird. I I want them to break up really fast. I'm hoping this is a Tom Hiddleston style crash and burn. And um like I I don't think like I feel like Taylor Swift is almost like not a person in some regards. <laughs> like she's so trotted out for drama. Well, yeah. no, but she's like like she's just so like on one she's hand like calculating down. and robotic, yeah. but on the other hand like I think she relatable. She well, yeah, but like it's almost kind of like narcissist energy, where it's like whatever, whatever, um, like storylines from her past or plot lines or things that happen to her that she doesn't want to accept, she can just like sort of delete from her mind and move forward. (laughs) So she, at any given moment, she's like only a composite of like one eighth of the things that have actually happened to her that she can sort of like draw from. Yeah. And I feel like like I don't know how she's entered into this relationship exactly, but it's like she's very conveniently I think forgotten a bunch of things that she's like said or did and is yeah. like now this new person, but then in another month she will have like flipped a switch again and you know could be like <laughs> surfer Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but not in a way But not in a way that's like, oh, she's like been through so much and she's grown and she's changing and she's evolving. It's like in a way of like I don't like a Barbie or something. Listen, almost. I'm already getting bad reviews on Swiftish for talking any sort of crap about Taylor, so I can't do another 30 minute expose on Look, my are people Well, are you 
so like where on a scale of one to ten where is like your fan like where was your fandom at the most and then where is it now Uh, okay so i guess like at the most at my peak like i'm obsessed with taylor as a human and an artist yes i mean it was probably like a 10 you know 1989 i was like I loved watching her like find her feminism because I think we were growing up at the same time because I too had to go through this. I was a little ahead of the curve for her, but I was so sheltered and like ignorant early on in my, you know, young adulthood that it was like I too had a moment where Lena Dunham felt deep to me. Yes. But Mm -hmm. it's been a slow like, like I think as we've faced on our podcast, I mean, I've sort of had to realize like I don't like uber wealthy people in this world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so my general, the pendulum has swung to where I'm like, you know, Taylor, she's, she's not the best. She's kind of a mess, but I love her music. And I think it's hard because there's so little in this world that sparks joy for me, but I have always loved her music. And so this whole like separate the art from the artist thing has never been easy for me. Um, and I think it's it's easier to draw a line in the sand when it's something where their art is informed by their bad behavior. Like, like I can't watch or listen to abusers or like, you know. Like Johnny Depp yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like Jonathan Majors now is ruined forever. Like all that sort of stuff is like, oh my gosh, yuck, you shouldn't be working at all. Whereas Taylor's always danced a line where it's like, ugh, you're so you're so capitalistic, so like narcissistic. So like, you know, self-centered in the way all celebrities are that it's like kind of annoying. And I don't know if I'd really like spending as much time as with you as I used to think, but there was room for me to be like, but she does a great album and I love her shows, like her energy. I like her simplistic, you know, feel good vibes. But this has definitely taken the wind out of my sails. Like it's definitely like popped the balloon. I just feel like it's kind of meow put a bad taste in my mouth. I, it's like if she had taken the feedback and then immediately dumped him because it was bad press, then I would have respected her more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it's the coward's way out. I, I'm not sure what to do at this point. So are you, like, what are your thoughts? Cause you're still going to see her at multiple concerts. <laughs> like, how are you feeling about that? I don't know. I have to talk to my therapist about it. Um, it's like in some ways, If she, I don't know. I think there's been a lot of interesting and thoughtful, like, um, kind of explorations of, you know, the art from the artist, how to enjoy things in this modern world, like that sort of thing. And I think it's a very personal journey for everyone. Um, Not to, like, make excuses for myself. It's just something I'm still working through. I feel like, in my mind, if she crossed the line and fully, like, stood up for him or like said something about like, oh, well, he was just being, you know, like if she vocalizes something, I feel like that's like the door. (laughs) That's what's hinging on this. Um, Whereas in my mind right now, I'm like, you know what? I already paid for these tickets. Like I already like, I invested in Taylor before I knew it was this day. (laughs) So So I'm still probably going. But if she came out and was like, oh, I know, like, and said something that was like pro him kind of. Yeah, I think it would be really hard for me to stomach any sort of like um, upfront (laughs) vocalization. I do. I feel very similar to you though. And I feel like I've 
also like I've had to go through this once with Kanye West and once with JK Rowling now. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that because you and I came from such like extreme backgrounds yeah. and sort of like where we are now is so hard fought. Yeah. There is a certain level of, of like, you have to stand up for your beliefs that I feel like is just baked into me now where I'm like, it's, like, it's difficult, but it's not that difficult to do what is right in a yeah. situation. Like, I have had to go through way more difficult things than Taylor Swift has. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and she has way more advantage in things. And it's like, if she can't do what she needs to just because she's, like, a crappy person, then that's it's hard for me to, you know, sort of, like, sort of through that, I mean, not with Taylor Swift specifically right. because I don't really like her to begin with, but like with J.K. Rowling or Kanye West, it's like I like the separation, separating the art from the artist. Like I, it, I, I almost can't do it. It's like it's yeah. not possible because I don't like the 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 feelings that I have of like what is safe and helpful to other people is like so strong and I feel like that by supporting those people I'm like actively undermining groups of people who I really care about and want to fight for and so like yeah. I can't read a JK Rowling book because I feel like by doing that I'm actively like going against trans people who are people who I care about deeply and yeah I I feel like sort of like those gray areas that some people are like happy to kind of like ignore or move away from i just have yeah. a hard time like ducking and covering in certain situations no it's true it's like i feel like once there's harm being done like i feel like i think celebrities wealthy people exist on this spectrum of like bad but harmless to like actively evil and harmful and it's like you know it's kind of like watching glass onion and you have your kate hudson character and you're like, oh, well, she's, like, basically harmless, but also she was willing to throw someone under the bus and, like, uh, you know, uh, drive someone to suicide and, like, all of that. And so it's not, like, actually harmless, but it feels more palatable in some ways than someone who's, like, J.K. Rowling literally spending their time and fortune hurting people. Um, and so it's almost like as long as these people, like, stay in their, like, little, <laughs> like – kind of self-involved bubble where they're not really engaging in the real world, but they're also not trying to hurt people in the real world. It's like easier for me, but it's like once that starts to, I don't know, kind of break down, it's like, um, yeah, I don't want to really invest in anything that would give you more of a platform. So yeah, it's kind of a, it feels like there's this, precipice <laughs> celebrity i feel like like yes to be rich i think i do at a certain point like kind of believe like all rich people are bad but there's also certain things that are so easy for a rich person to do yeah. that it's like if you can't do those things like is jessica chastain the best person in the world like i don't know but like does she is she always like speaking out on issues and yeah. things that feel important like yes yeah. and at least she's doing that and it's not really like a detriment to her she's still gonna get roles she's not really like sacrificing anything yeah. but at least she's like saying stuff and i kind of feel like beyonce is similar where it's like 
could she be doing more? Yes. Like, does she have a lot of money that she's not necessarily like giving away to people? Yes. Like, there are things that she could be doing, but at the same time, it's like, oh, for her tour that she has now, she's doing like only gender neutral bathrooms. It's like, okay, well, that's an easy enough thing, but like, feels like at least we're doing something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's also hard because like I feel like I'm as someone who had a hard learning curve, I give grace to a lot of more emotionally stunted and maybe immature or thoughtless people to like have hope that they too can grow and change, but it doesn't always work out. So it's frustrating to be like, wait, I'm younger than Taylor Swift, but I'm significantly more mature than her. <laughs> well, and, and like you started at a much worse place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like, I feel like it's weird that this tiny little relationship is the thing that might crack the, the, the veneer for me, but it's like, but I feel like it's been a long time coming. <laughs> oh, Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> oh, is that? That's her tour opening line. Um, but yeah. <laughs> what song is it from? Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Oh yeah, no, I, I can't. I don't know that one. I mean, I know no, I I remember listening to it at some point, but I couldn't sing it for you. Um, I guess we should move on from yeah. this. Shall we talk about the writers' strike? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, I the the most interesting thing I think on that front, it's still going strong. The direct, we're sort of in a standstill, I think, at the moment because. Yeah. The Directors Guild and the Screen Actors Guild are both also up for negotiations in June. And so I think the studios are like, why would we like work with the writers and stuff when we're going to have to figure this out with two other people anyways? But that could mean that there's then three strikes going on, which means that truly like nothing can be greenlit yeah. because even like reality shows and stuff have directors. Yeah. Um, well, so I just we, I keep thinking of Stranger Things. Like I'm wondering when they'll get this done and get that season done before these kids all look yeah, like middle aged. Because they're not working right now. <laughs> it's just like, and they set it up to start right at the end of the last one, so there can't be any time jump. There can't be anything, and they already look ridiculously old. I just mm. that's the one that I think of. I'm in support of the strike. I'm just laughing at the idea. Oh yeah, no. Well, the best thing I think that happened recently was David Zaslov, who is in charge of uh, the uh, HBO Discover universe. Somehow or another, I, this must have been an invite pre-writer strike, got invited to Boston yeah. University, which is famously a college that has like lots of artistic people at it um, to deliver their commencement speech and got like booed. And then they were chanting... Um, you know, like pay your writers yeah. while he was giving his speech. And then he sort of continued on, but the speech, like with the speech as it was written, but the way that like the things that he was saying really like did not mesh well. <laughs> it was, you know, sort of like you got to fight it's for like, what you, you believe be in. And it's like, yeah. you can get along with anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, we survived the last writer's strike. I remember everyone complaining about, like, how it shifted TV or, like, the office. But we like, lost some good TV. shows. Yeah, it was a big time period. Like, I – because that was, like, peak network television, too. So it was, like, the The lost, lost season that came out of that was yeah. wonky and bad. The prison break season was wonky and bad. Yeah. Pushing Daisies got canceled for good. yeah. So who knows what will happen here. A couple shows have been like that were in development have been canceled. So um, 
yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the landscape changes. Of course, the streaming, you know, landscape is something we've talked about on this podcast a lot. And it is frankly ridiculous that contracts and payments haven't shifted as that landscape has shifted so dramatically. Um, so yeah, I hope it I hope that they can work it out because it's ridiculous the way they're trying to be like, oh, well, this is an experiment. Oh, we don't make money yet. Oh, we don't. Then why are you doing it? You know, like, why are you, why are you doing it? And why are your executives like getting their, you know, six figure bonuses every year? Like what we've been at this for 15 years at this point or whatever. So what's going on here? Yeah, no, great point. Great point. Um, I also loved the little, blip of drama around Megan and Harry. I don't know if you followed this, but um <laughs> well, I saw a headline about like that he was accused of like renting hotel rooms separate of her or something. Oh, that I don't know is, what that is. Is that different? That's something drip different. That's not on oh, my okay. radar as a pro Megan and Harry account uh follower, I guess. But basically Megan Markle was um being like honored at some sort of women's event i don't remember what like one of the big like sort of celebrity not um, a women's event you know like the women i don't know women (laughs) in media yeah she was there with prince harry and her mother and they looked gorgeous had a fun night and then there was just this huge crush of like paparazzi and people trying to get their photos and whatever Nothing really thought of it except until the next morning, their official Instagram accounts post this like six slide Instagram like text, you know, like on their letterhead almost that was Mm. like, we, we were terrorized in the streets of New York. Like the paparazzi were following us. Like it was, it truly could have been a catastrophic event. There was no thought towards the civilians nor to the Megan and Harry of it all. And it was just a drastic like abuse of, you know, media and basically like trying to pin it like in the same vein as like what happened to Princess Diana. They were like, we urge anyone to like we urge everyone to avoid these photos, to not pay for them, to not share them, to share them would be perpetuating this lawless sort of uh, dangerous um, network of paparazzi or whatever, which is like, that's scary, right? Like that's sad. Like that's something they've talked a lot about is how they don't feel safe. And like, that was a big reason they felt betrayed by the royal family was because their security was being taken away and the threats weren't being taken seriously. And, um, And so everyone was like, oh, wow, that's scary. And then more and more came out and it was like, this didn't really happen the way they said they did. Like they drove around for an hour trying to lose this tail of photographers, then pulled into a precinct to ask for like police help. They got into like a taxi to try and like evade the paparazzi and like tried to do a loop around the neighborhood to get back in their car, but the paparazzi followed them. And so both the police and this taxi driver were like, um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it was dangerous or there was any reckless driving. Like, sure, they were following us, but it was like, you know, everyone was safe. This is New York. Like, it's fine. (laughs) And so basically there's just like this really emotional overreaction on the side of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And um, it it wasn't taken well. Like People Magazine even called them like, you know, dramatic or 
over the top and they're famously like always been on their side. So not a great day, not a great day for their rebranding. I mean, I feel like everyone is over Megan and Harry. They had their <laughs> moment. I mean, I know that you're still for some reason or they're hanging on to them, but I feel like everybody else is like that. The the spare book really uh, did it in for no, them. No, you're just on a very specific side of Twitter or something. People love them. Like, I think too with the, um, what's it called? Not <laughs> the crowning, the not inauguration, the, the uh, uh, coronation, coronation. Um, people were like, Bleh. like, they were like, this is old, this is stuffy, like Meghan Markle. Oh, Harry well, yeah, I don't think out. that, I don't think that they're on the side well, and of they were the... like, Kate was like wearing Meghan Markle's favorite heels and it was like, they were trying to bury, like, it was like, I think people are still like, oh, wow, yeah, this, this family hates Harry and is just treating him so badly and like all this stuff, so. I mean, I, I think, think they're just all terrible, hard. you know? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't, I think that Megan and Harry are trying to be like, we're not like them, we're better. And it's like, and eh, actually, you're all terrible. Uh, I mean, maybe not Meghan Markle, but she just seems sort of annoying and weird in a separate way. <laughs> you need to sit with that, because that's just um, good old misogyny. Maddie Healy told me like... that he didn't like her either, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Um, that's the that's the main story that tickled my fancy this last week. Can is happening right now, the Can Film Festival, which I feel like in oh, general yeah. is not something that we need to pay too much attention to, except for the fact that these various um, sort of like buzzy premieres are happening mm-hmm. at the moment, um, and it's kind of interesting to get the first reactions to projects before we're going to see them in a bit. Um, and so like Killers of the Flower Moon, which was the Scorsese movie came out. Um, I think that got generally positive reviews. There was a uh, Johnny Depp movie that everybody seemed to hate, uh, rightly so. Nobody yes. seemed that enthused by the Indiana Jones movie that's out. But I think the most interesting uh, development is that the new Sam Levinson drama Mm-hmm. Um, the Idol, Sam Levinson did Euphoria, uh, had its premiere. And let me find the the thing. IndieWire said that its first reaction is a Pornhub homepage odyssey. Prepare yourself for quite the discourse. <laughs> so The Idol That's is surprising. coming with su- yeah. starring Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. Uh, it seems <laughs> like it will be mildly nightmarish. Um yeah. It's only five episodes. I am sort of excited to watch it and see how much of a train wreck it is. Uh, but we'll talk yeah. about supporting bad artists. <laughs> I mean, is, is hate watching count? You know. Yes, yes, it does. Unfortunately, the streamers haven't figured out how to separate the two. <laughs> what if I? What if I watch it illegally? What if I pirate it? Okay, yeah, that works. That okay, counts. great. That's I'll a good do that. option. Um, yeah, no, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, but I did see that. I also saw the teeth, the rotten Johnny Depp teeth, which felt, uh, poetically right. Horrifying. Also, so for work, I was, I had to write an article and I needed a picture of Johnny Depp and Lily Rose Depp. Mm. And there are like no photos of the two of them together. Like 
they have not done a red carpet like the 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 most recent ones are like them getting out of some sort of train and it's truly like 10 years ago (laughs) and i'm like whoever is in charge of lily rose depp's branding is spot on that they're like uh we (laughs) want her seen nowhere near her father yeah yeah good call um did you have a love it or hate it this week well i was gonna talk about succession Oh, well, which everybody knows because they listened (laughs) to the blip where you were putting Penny's diaper on or whatever. Um, (laughs) But no, yeah, I I didn't really talk about it. Generally, I was mostly talking about who I think is going to win, which is somebody random. Um, But this season, I I mean, I love Succession. I feel like last season was a little bit slow. This season is back to its peak. Mm -hmm. There's only one episode left. I like the writing is so good. The way that they sort of have built each of these episodes and these specific moments, I think, is just fantastic. There was an election night episode that was really fun. The most recent one was the funeral episode, which I thought they did a good job with. They're just so great at these kind of like bottle episode type things where it's like the plot is moved forward, but it's all contained within one sort of event or set of things there it's it's never like kind of you know nebulous just random hodgepodges of scenes um and yeah the acting is fantastic i think that it's going to do really well at the emmys should the emmys actually happen um (laughs) because of the writer's strike they already canceled the daytime emmys so oh yeah shoot we'll see if the real emmys get pushed forward they're not until september which is a long ways away but also like not that long if you think about it um so yeah i really like this season i'm excited to see how it ends i feel like they're gonna do a really nice job with the conclusion just because the whole show has been really well and they've all of the rest of the season finales have been really strong um yeah i'm i've really loved it you haven't watched any of it i watched the episode where he died oh yeah that was incredible it was fine. <laughs> I mean, I knew it wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't hit the same note for me because I again hadn't watched most of it since season. You're like, two, who so. are these people? Yeah, but um, speaking of shows that are coming upon their finale, I've been watching Ted Lasso. Um, season oh, three yes. is also their series finale. Um, their finale, their finale, finale is next week or this week. It's coming out this week. And I have been very disappointed. I <laughs> I honestly am shocked. Like, I've been a Ted Lasso truther, apologist, like, fan. I love season one. Season one is almost perfect TV. Deserved every award it got. Season two got some haters because it kind of changed tone and was more serious than playful. But I liked it. I felt like the character um, arcs were interesting and kind of it deepened the um, – you know, like added texture to these characters that could sometimes feel, you know, kind of there for comedic effect or whatever. Um, And so I was excited for season three. It has not been good. I mean, it has been actively bad, I would say, especially since they knew it was the series finale. Like, you know, it's always disappointing when a show like ends on a weird note because it was canceled after the finale aired or whatever. But they like, they planned this. They could they could write the ending they wanted. <laughs> and for the last 11 of the 12 episodes, it has been just all over the place. They've been introducing new characters and like totally 
unraveling the growth that you saw or the strength that was present in like the female characters like Keely Jones and Rebecca, the owner of the team. And so now this season, it's just like Keely is just sort of this inept, like she has her own firm PR firm now, but she's really bad at it. And she has an affair with her boss. And it's like very, not an affair, like, you know, like not like they were cheating on anyone, but they were just like, it's just weird the way it was happening. And they started doing these like message of the week sort of things where it's like, oh, this week we're going to cover uh, homophobia in sports. And like one of the characters is gay. And then the next week, which is fine. It was a good story. But then the next week it's. Wow, oh. Shelby. Wow. <laughs> the next we week. We don't want homophobia in sports episode. What about episode? Uh, revenge nudes? And like, can you keep nudes on your phone? And they literally have like the team come together and talk about like nudes. And then the next week it's, um, oh, uh, what was it? It's like every week it's something where it's like they have to get a message out. Like it's like, it feels like an after school special. And so it wait, just... Shelby, what are your takes on way on nudes? Should they be on the phone? <laughs> Should they not? No, I mean, I think the the show does a good job of like explaining things, but it's like, it's like a commercial. It's like a little five-minute skit you would show to a class of teenagers. And it just completely derails any action that has been built up in the show because it takes us to this like 15-minute like let's talk it out situation. And um, yeah, I just don't know how they're going to satisfyingly wrap it up. They've given so many random like character callbacks but they haven't allowed the characters to interact together. Like Rebecca's been doing her own thing. Keely's been doing her own thing. The coach has been doing his own thing. So any of the interdynamics that have been like the bread and butter of the show have been completely like lost. Like even coach and beard don't interact that much because they're all on these singular insular adventures. And it's very, very odd that they chose to do that with this very limited series run. Maybe that's why this is the final season. They were like, well, we wrote it and it was bad, so we probably won't get another one. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely been like some good moments. Like it's obviously not the worst show on television, but it's just been like very disappointing. <sighs> so I sad, do not think sad, it'll be sad. nominated for Emmys and you do not have to watch it. <laughs> Yay. I love it when that happens. Um but things I did have to watch was Fast X or Fast yes. 10, I guess. Yeah, it's called Fast 10. Don't embarrass yourself. It's Fast it's, 10. I've been saying Fast X. Well, that's embarrassing for you. So I'm letting you know now. <laughs> Somebody, though, was saying that it's called Fast 10 because it's like fasten your seatbelts. Fast 10 and it's the 10th movie. Right, but also like fasten. No, I like that. I fast get 10. the pun. I'm just saying it's Right, but also Fast X. No, it's so it not sounds like a bowel X. movement. It literally medicine. says like mm. it says in its Wikipedia page like to not call it Fast X. Well, so. sorry, that's what <laughs> we, I'll be calling it. We'll be talking about Fast X <laughs> on the Thursday episode, the tenth yeah. Fast and the Furious movie, what a um, which I did. I did go and I watched in theaters, and I sat until the and you were excited for it. Scene. You texted me. You said, "Yeah." Yeah, but I don't want to give away what oh, okay, my thoughts okay, yeah, were. Yeah, 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 keep yeah, people yeah, guessing. Perfect teaser, Will right? I like it? Won't I like it? Who knows? <laughs> okay, that's the end of this episode. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Bye. Bye.